Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show podcast, episode 442. We are presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. Sign up and get your membership now. They're open. They opened on October 30th for the grand opening. We got a ton of content coming out for them. Went down there to Scottsdale. We're also uh, sponsored by betonline.ag. Week 9 of the NFL this week. Make your picks. The Atlanta Braves just won the World Series, so you can't make picks there anymore. Uh, Megan Gallagher is on the show today. I I, I was on your show uh, reaching new heights back in, I think it was like March, February, like 10 years ago. It doesn't feel like it's been the same year, honestly. Like 2021 has been a completely different vibe from 2020, I feel like, where it's just gone by I don't know, slow and fast at the same time, or 2020 was just slow. Seriously, like, this past year has felt so, just the energy, very different from other years, but I do remember that interview. That seems like forever ago, but I I remember it. You got a ton of different projects going on. You got your new book that's out right now. You got, uh, we we were talking about right before we came on, I wanted to kick the show off with a bang, because you just moved to Miami from Nashville, you got a ton of, you're a TV host for freelance. You know, you have all this other stuff going on, obviously. How to thrive in a virtual classroom, which you got right there. But I do want to talk about your your first ever uh, comedy skit. Like, you actually went up there, you did a set. Uh, where was it, and how did it go? Was it nerve-wracking as hell, or did you actually pull it off? Um, okay, so, I mean, first and foremost, I'm so excited to be here, Jack. Thank you for having me. I love the Osho. I, like, you're crushing it. I see all your content on LinkedIn. I'm like, yes. Thank you so much. Um, like, such a fan. So, yes, okay, stand-up comedy, it was my first time ever. Um, I was nervous, so a little backstory. Um, I, you know, growing up, I'm a theater kid at heart. I was in all of the school plays from like fourth grade, fifth grade, elementary school to high school. I always loved being in the homecoming skits. Like, obviously, I'm an extrovert. Um, on the personality test, I think I'm an ENFJ, like super extrovert, very bubbly, outgoing. Um, and so I've always wanted to do stand-up. That's been like on my bucket list, I think, since I was literally 15 years old. But you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I just found myself getting in like, you know, excuses and kind of like, Oh, you know, when I have time. And so basically I just moved to Miami, like you mentioned. Um, and obviously Miami is a huge city. There's like improv, open mic night, stand up, all these cool comedy theaters. And the good thing about Florida is like a lot of places are open, you know, regarding COVID. So I, the day before Halloween, I went with some friends. I'm like, let's get some activities going. You know, we're adults, but let's have fun. And so I found this really cool um, improv theater down the street from me. And so we went, watched this improv show. We were in the audience and I'm like, this is really cool. Like just the energy, everyone was so warm and welcoming and friendly. And I'm like, this is seriously like so awesome. And so I was like, wait, I really want to try, like, stand-up comedy. And my friends were like, oh, my gosh, Megan, you have to. Like, you're so funny. Like, you would crush it. And I'm like, 
really? Do you think so? And I got kind of nervous, but then they're like, just do it. So I signed up. Um, and it was last night. They have every Tuesday night, like anyone can go up for five minutes. I was nervous, but honestly, since I've been doing public speaking for so long, like I definitely know how to work a stage, right. you know, like you get, you get used to it. Um, but the nerves are still there. It's still a real thing. So I did really well. Like, <laughs> obviously, you know, I posted it on Instagram and it was just so fun to like do it and just say I did it. And like, I don't know. I think kind of the moral of the story is like, you know, just do it. And like, it's never too late. Like I'm 25 years old. And I think a lot of the times we as humans can get into ruts or whatever, where we're like, Oh, you know, but no, it's like, I'm too old or like, no, it should be realistic. And like, Oh, I don't know. Right. People are going to think it's weird, but it's not true. Like you, you never know who you could inspire. I kind of twist it around anytime my mind starts getting negative And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, actually I, you know, I would rather like, I quoted in my post, Jim Carrey is one of my favorite comedians. And yeah, he says this quote where he's doing like a commencement speech at a college. And he's like, you know, like risk being seen in all of your glory or live a life of regret. And it's really true. Like, you know, a lot of people have dreams and goals and things, but they never accomplish it. And it's like, that's such a sad thing. Like I all the time am like, who cares if I'm nervous? I would rather do it now than just, you know, yeah. No, I mean, if you go back and think like, oh, God, I wish I had done that. Like, you're, you're going to wake up the next morning anyways. Like, you may as well fall on your face if that's the case, you know? Like, it's, it may not work out that way. Like, it might be awesome, you know? Like, you probably had a great time. And it probably helps that yeah. the crowd was in good vibes, too. Because, like, it, it's the crowd and the fans that kind of set the vibe for that kind of stuff. Like, you could have great material and it just not yes. come off the way that they think it was. <laughs> oh, 100%. And, like, I learned so much Um like, you know, that open mic night, I seriously learned that, like, you know, everyone has a different style, a different energy. Like, some comedians brought up their iPhone, and I'm like, yeah, what? And, they, yeah, they put it on a stool, and they kind of, like, you know, glance. Mm. One, one guy, I mean, not shaming or judging, but one guy brought up, like, a book, like, a literal, just, like, a full entire book, and was like, and I'm like, eh, that's a little weird. Um, and no, then, we can you know, shame that. Like, we can definitely shame I know. It. I'm like, dude, you're going up doing this open, like, stand-up. Come on now. People want to see your face. You don't want to be, like, buried in a book. Like, that's so weird. But then, you know, it's interesting because people were also saying, um, you know, like, like, Miami compared to L.A., like, the stand-up culture, the stand-up community. I lived in L.A. for seven years. And it's, they said it's so much more competitive out there. It's so much more like cutthroat, savage, just like super intense. Like here it's a little more laid back. People are more, um, you know, like welcoming and not like booing you or just right. being si- silent. So I feel grateful that my first experience was really positive. But yeah, you know, honestly, I just went up. I told stories and the time went by really, really quick. But um, yeah, like I... I think it's just awesome too because like the theater that I went to they are they have certain rules like you know you have to kind of stay away from like being too racist too sexist too homophobic which I think a lot of comedians you know sometimes they just go in on like super intense topics and they just like roast people and there's kind and like I've been in comedy shows back in LA where I'm like uh did he seriously just say that and it's super you know obviously in today's day and age 
it's you like it's such a slippery slope with not offending certain people and so i don't know that theater is a really awesome one it's called the villain theater in miami um they're really really cool yeah i literally just had a comedian on our show last week talking about being a comedian in a kind of a cancel culture society like it's Ooh. one thing if you're Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr or Joe Rogan talking about that stuff because you already have a platform, but if you're trying to make it in this industry, like you have to be so careful. Like it is the worst time I feel like to want to be a full-time comedian and trying to make it big as you can't really say anything right. Oh no, seriously, Jack. It's like, yeah, but that's such a good point. It's like, honestly, when you are, you know, in the early stages of your career and you're building your reputation, your fan base, your content, and people are seeing you live in person, you have to match that persona that you give off online. So it's like, if you're taking, you know, little clips that are like super PG and people are like, oh, she's so cute. But then in person, you're like savage, just like roasting, you know, you have to just be aware of that. But I completely agree. Oh my God. I mean, you probably went up there, you said what, five minutes? You're probably, yeah. you loved it though. Like you could have hated that and it would have felt like five years, you know, like that, that's kind of the way time works when you're happier yeah. not feeling it. But you felt like that went well. Like what kind of stories did you tell? Yes. I honestly, you know, I, I kind of rehearsed it a little bit, like a few days before I just went through the jokes and like, basically I just talked about, you know, I've been in Miami for one month, my dating craziness and like, not my Instagram post, because I did post on Instagram about this date that I had in Miami, which was traumatic. Not that. Wow. I definitely talked about, like, the funny, you know, when you go to the grocery store at 8 in the morning and you just are, like, sweatpants, no makeup. And there's, like, this is a real thing. Like, these crazy, like, sugar daddies in Miami that, like, literally, you know, come up to you out of nowhere. And they're just, like, it's such a real thing. Miami's a crazy city. But... I talked about that. I talked about like, you know, going to South Beach and how different that is and how people, you know, said I look like a jar of mayonnaise. Like they're talking about my skin complexion. They're like, you look like cats with a ghost. Like this is genuinely, it really did happen. Like I would just be walking to go get coffee and people just drive by and they're like, what's up cats with a ghost? And I'm like, me? (laughs) It's so crazy. I know. So that's, Another reason why I did not move to South Beach, um, it's a great place, but it's definitely a little more like party scene. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I just had fun with it. I talked about being a millennial and like my mom sending me, you know, snacks and waters and like soap and everything, acting as if there's no grocery store here and like me, you know, trying to manifest the love of my life and I don't know, going on Tinder, like just funny, goofy things. Um, but yeah, it was really, really fun. And um, I think it's like, I don't I think everyone should do it. I think it's a really, you know, cool thing, just like public speaking or trying an improv class. It's like you just like grow so much. You get so outside your comfort zone. Yeah, I feel like you got to go to a place like where you were at last night where everyone's accepting. Everybody's trying to build each other up too, you know, yeah. like talking yeah, about yeah. the vibe of the room. Like you can't just like walk into like Philly and do a, a stand-up show at, at some famous club and be like, all right, you got five minutes. Let's see what you got because they could roast you alive. Yeah. No, it's so true. And that's the thing about this industry is like you have to, you know, just like what I do, you know, on camera, red carpet hosting, things can change right before you're going on. So you have to be so like camera ready because you never know. They could say, oh, Megan, no, we want you over here now. Like, you know, did you memorize this, the guest list of who's walking the carpet tonight? Like it's a really intense industry. (laughs) 
So how is freelance going? Because that's what you moved to Miami for. Just kind of, you know, short detail. How has that been going as opposed to, because you were with Music City before in Nashville? Correct. Yeah, I was with Music City. Um, I love them so much. And we did a lot of Nashville culture, you know, like a lot of fun places on Broadway Avenue, um, really cool, like honky tonk dive bars. Um, but yeah, so now in Miami, I'm doing freelance work, which has its pros and its cons. Like it's amazing. Um, but I seriously, one of the best events was the sports illustrated swim party at Miami swim week, which is like New York fashion week, but it's all about swimwear Miami. So it definitely has like a cool, you know, twist to it um and that was the coolest fashion show I've ever been at and I got to meet like you know all these models that I look up to in real life and it just like it was so full circle and the editor-in-chief of Sports Illustrated MJ Day was there which was also really cool um and it's just I love that fashion show because you know I think honestly um, like as a female, as someone who is in the modeling industry, um, I think, you know, it's important that there are fashion shows where they include all body types. I saw mm. models that were five foot three. There was a model, Kathy Jacob. She's like my spirit animal. I love her. She's 65 years old. And that was her wow. first runway show ever because, you know, in the typical fashion industry, um, there's certain, you know, height requirements and certain things that can allow you to do runway work versus like, you know, editorial, like you're in a JC Penny catalog, like those, like I can do that because I'm five foot right. seven. Um, but you know, Sports Illustrated, it gives hope to like, you know, girls of all heights and races and everything. And I, you know, it's just so refreshing. And it's like that party was so fun. And all of the models were so nice. Like, you could just go up to them at the after party and take a selfie. They're so down to earth. Um, And it's just, it's always so cool. And I know you can relate to this, Jack. Like, to meet the people that you've been following on Instagram for years, like your heroes, to meet them in person and to, like, it's just, it never gets old. And, like, to know that they're just exactly what you think they're like, it's so cool. Uh, well, that that's kind of a clear distinction there. Like, what would you say? Like, some of these people are exactly how you uh, pictured how they would be. Have you met any of your yes. quote-unquote heroes or celebrities that you thought in a completely different way, just following them or just seeing their stuff throughout your life and then meeting them in person yeah. is completely different? Yes. So I met, um, like, an example. I met Olivia Colpo, who is yeah. super, super famous. She's beautiful. She's like a huge idol of mine. She's a really, you know, smart entrepreneur. She's a model. She's a businesswoman. She's super, super, super just all over. I love her energy. Um, I met her in person and she was the nicest, like so down to earth, so sweet. We took a selfie. We took a video. She looks like just gorgeous in person. It's so cool to meet them. I was so literally like shaking starstruck. I also met Camille Kostek, who is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, stunning. And she was so sweet. She actually was walking around the party before they were doing the magazine signing. And she's like, Meg? And I'm like, did someone? Like, no one really calls me that unless they, like, it's my mom or my friend. And I turned around, and I'm like, and it was Camille. And I'm like, is this a joke? Because I've looked up to her. She's been on my vision board for years. And she's like, what's up, girl? And I'm like, 
hello like holy she's so nice um and then all of them i mean jasmine sanders i've interviewed her a few times for meditation magazine and like different um kind of you know columns and blogs that i've worked at so she's stunning um so nice and yeah you know it's just like it's so cool because these girls like genuinely no joke they've been on my vision board since I lived in LA, like I've been loving Sports Illustrated for years and years and years. And it's really cool because I do believe in manifestation. I also believe in working hard and, you know, being kind to people and so many other things. But it's like, I seriously, you know, I met these girls and I'm like, this is just insane. Like to be in this circle where they know my name and I'm getting invited to their, I'm like, this is the best day of my entire life. And, um, you know, yeah, after that Sports Illustrated Miami Sweet fashion show, I literally came home and I was doing, like, backflips the entire night. I'm like, I'm not going to bed. Like, I'm so excited. It was just so, 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 so cool. Um, like, it's just, I don't know. It's so cool, though, when, like, you know, manifestation meets the right timing and, like, hard work. And, oh, it's just, it was so special. Like, seriously, oh, yeah. one of the best nights of my entire life. Oh, I mean, it must be such a rewarding thing, too. Not only, like, it's it's one thing to have, like, someone like that follow you on Instagram or just, like, following your stuff casually. Right? But Camille to be like, Meg, like, is that you? Like, what? Oh, my gosh. I literally almost. <laughs> I would have looked around, like, what? I literally almost, like, dropped to the ground, Jack. I was like, um, yeah. is this real life? I seriously was so shocked, and she's like, and this also goes to show, you know, like you never know who is watching your content because, right. you know, I treat every post as if it's like someone is just coming to my page for the first time because I've had many instances like that Camille Kostek moment. She's like, oh my God, I loved your one TikTok video where I'm like, she saw, so like, yeah, it just reminds me that you literally never know who is watching your stuff. And who will see that one episode and they're like, oh, you know, I want this guy to come on my show. Or So it was so cool that Camille, like, the feeling was so mutual and she's a fan of mine and I'm a fan of hers. She's, like, stunning and so sweet, so down to earth. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everyone, Haley Khalil, Christy Valdeseri, yeah. uh, Katie Austin, I've had her on my podcast before. We, you know, we're friends. She's so cool. Um, and she actually got rookie of the year, which is so awesome. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really like, so cool. She's so sweet. Um, and I love her mom and I don't know, everyone It's just, it's a cool community. Like when you get in this industry and you just, you know, you give out that vibe and people give it back to you. So, Oh my God. I mean, it really opens your eyes to how, how hard you really worked when someone like that actually acknowledges it and appreciates it. You're like, Holy shit. They're actually mm -hmm. watching this. Like, this is actually like, I'm actually doing this. Yeah, it's seriously, it's so true. It's like, um, it was just really, yeah, I love Sports Illustrated. They're such a good brand. And yeah. I think that the fashion industry, it is changing. And it really makes me happy as a female, as someone that used to struggle with body image issues. Mm -hmm. It makes me really proud knowing that like there are brands and companies like SI where they really, you know, they represent, like, they walk the walk, and they're paving the way for so many other brands to, like, you know, just be open to change and to use models that are five foot two or, you know, of a different race or they're transgender or, you know, they're curvy, like, whatever it is. It's just, it's really, like, 
it's slowly yet surely like opening up, which is really cool. And it's genuine and authentic too. Like it's one thing for me like, all right, this is the way the world's going. Let's just jump on that ship. Like I feel like it's actually something that everybody's on board with. You're all on the same page and it's actually free flowing as opposed to forced. It is. It's seriously, it, yeah, it's definitely the way that the world is going. And I, I'm so grateful for that, that um, I'm not only friends with models that are of all heights and shapes and sizes, but it's like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of doing that like for my younger self, like I'm staying true to, you know, what feels good to me. And I'm just, you know, owning my natural, like, you know, body. And um, it can be hard at times for sure. Like I, you know, have haters online that DM me sometimes, but then I'm just like, you know, I'm going to spread kindness back to you. (laughs) Oh, that is awesome. Well, you have so much going on, whether it be, you know, being a host, whether it's, you know, your new book, which I want to talk about now, you know, just giving it to promotion, how to thrive in a virtual classroom. I'm going to go ahead and say that this was COVID inspired, uh, given that, you know, People have all around the world, at least I think it's starting to open up a little bit. I'm not mm-hmm. when it comes to that stuff, but uh, people were again online at home over Zoom being yeah. in the classroom, whether it was grade, you know, one through 12. That, that's the way it was. I grew up on the East Coast too, and I've had this conversation multiple times with people. Like, it, it's awesome to see that there's now like a loophole for people to be like, all right, we had to adapt to this, and this is cool. We get to do class at home. Right. But growing up on the East Coast, I grew up in New Jersey, I always loved snow days. Like, that was the best feeling in the world when you woke up and it's like, oh, I don't have to go to school today. But you don't have that option anymore because now it's like, okay, I don't have to go into school, but they're going to make me go online. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to vent about that for a second because I do feel bad for people in that retrospect. But uh, talk to me about the book. Again, like, you wrote it, I want to say, within the last year because of everything going on. Uh, Who's your target audience and why were you inspired to write it? Yes. So this is how to thrive in the virtual classroom. Um, it's my fourth book, you guys. And I seriously could not be more grateful that it is out in the world now. Um, it is available for pre-order on Amazon, I will say. But yes, this book was completely COVID-inspired um, at the beginning of the pandemic back, I mean, it feels like five million years ago, yeah. back in like February of 2020. Um I, you know, was working with teenagers over Zoom. Typically, I was coaching them in person, but we had to make the transition to virtual. And, you know, I was talking with them and helping them navigate, you know, all these crazy times. And I really saw firsthand how they were affected. Like, you know, their prom, their graduation, their everything. It's like it was all gone or just it had to be over Zoom. And it was so different. And they were so upset and frustrated. So I was like, honestly, I just like, I literally was like, I have to do something about this. I mean, I've always been a mental health advocate, but just seeing firsthand how, you know, distraught these teenagers were, I was like, you know, there's a quote, like, when you know better, you should do better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I like, I, I am seeing it and it would be like, horrible for me to not, you know, like have to do something. So, um, I got this graphic designer named Betsy and we totally just went to work. Like we started doing sessions over zoom. She's in Louisiana. Um, and we just created this book together. It's like 115 pages. It's all, you know, interactive, like really cool, just super fun for guys and girls. Um, and it's all about, you know, taking your power back and kind of like journaling, you know, how you're feeling and 
how this pandemic has affected you. Um, and we really wanted to make it, you know, geared towards like people of all ages. So like whether you are in high school or middle school, it's like, it could be for people in college or post-grad or for adults, you know, wanting to go back to the office space. Um, and I think one thing too about this pandemic is like, you know, now that we're in fall of 2021, it's like, I don't think a lot of people have like been given tools of how to cope with, you know, kind of like the PTSD aspect, you know, like um, just how to like cope with, you know, the feelings of, will it come back again? Will, will we ever go back to a normal, like all these normal human things but a lot of people think they're the only one feeling that way because there's no like general knowledge and education. So that's what, you know, this book is the sole purpose is to like normalize how you're feeling, um, to give you like a comfort safety blanket and to also educate you in like a really fun way where it's like a Lisa Frank journal from the nineties, but like, you know, super modern and fun. So, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, there's so many people, especially when it started, that really had no idea what to do. Not only from just like a virtual room standpoint where like you're just seeing all your friends and classmates just like this Mm -hmm. over Zoom, but at the same time, people are stuck in their homes, they're overthinking a lot, you know, people who battle, you know, certain, you know, mental illnesses or depression or just, you know, overall mental health from from any standpoint, from any direction at all uh, was tough. But at the same time, you're right. Like we might never go back to a new, new normal either, or I guess that's what they called it. New normal. We might never go back right. to what it was prior to February, 2020, because people yeah. are seeing how great technology like this is like zoom before February of 2020 was almost non-existent. Like their stock, like their stock just went through the roof the last 15 right. months. And people are seeing, like, even, you know, sports teams, like you work, you were talking about Sports Illustrated earlier, like, they could easily just say, hey, Megan, we're going to do it uh, remote today on Zoom. Like, you don't need to come in, which is cool that we could do that, but at the same time, it definitely hurts building relationships. Yes, it's like, I also, during this pandemic, I've spoken at um, probably like a hundred colleges and it's all been virtual. Like I, you know, it's such a blessing. Like I'm forever grateful, but it is so different. Nothing beats, and you can vouch, like nothing beats in person, talking with people, shaking their hand, giving them a hug, like seeing them face to face and making that human connection rather than, you know, over zoom. It's like, I cannot tell you Jack how many times, like, talking to like Georgetown University, which was a month ago, there's a class, like a lecture hall filled with like, you know, 200 students and all of like, you know, just the glitches, the time there, a teacher's like, uh, or I'm like, right. <laughs> no. And like, you know, I'm like, just, it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't fully go through, which, you know, I'm so passionate about my work. So it really, you know, bothers me why, like when I feel like, you know, my words are not sinking in or I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to be there in person. Um, but yeah, like I am very grateful that we're making progress in regards to COVID-19, but it's like, I still have anxiety myself because I love being in person. Like I miss it all the time. And that's why, you know, I, f- I find things like open mic nights or anywhere I can get that you know, little thing on stage feeling. It's like, I'll do it. Oh, it's fun. It's like people kind of forgot what real life human interaction was 
because in the yeah. midst of everything going on when everybody's over zoom I'm like this is great like i can literally i don't have to leave my home i i don't have to put on a suit if i don't want to i could just like interact <laughs> you know i could just have like the top part on and like be wearing nothing yeah. underneath and it'd be fine like nobody would know or care and then you oh like gosh. you said like you get up on stage at a comedy event or you're you're going back to live crowds at stadiums for sporting venues or concerts mm-hmm. or anything and you're like holy crap like i've been missing this huge aspect of my life for the past 18 months that i totally forgot was there it went by so yeah. slow that you almost forgot what it was like to be in a crowd of like 50,000 people if you're at a concert at a stadium Seriously, like seriously i mean it's so like it is just, it is a trip sometimes. I'm like, where is this world going? Like sometimes I'll have those in-depth conversations in my mind, but then I'm like, eh, if I'm going too far into like, you know, it's going to be like, I am legend or something. I'm like, right. ah, no, we're not going that far today. But it's like, I, you know, I literally am just like, yeah. I mean, honestly, the only thing I, you know, it's just like, I will do my part as a mental health advocate and as someone that, you know, genuinely I've dedicated the last eight years to like, you know, really working hard to being that person and to spreading that message. It's like, that's all I can do, you know, at the end of the day. And like, that's the thing with this book. I really want it. I like my biggest dream is that it reaches, you know, people and it reaches the person that really needs it the most. Like, cause I constantly am thinking of, you know, my target audience, which is teenagers, like young adults. But then I'm also thinking of, you know, the kids at home who, maybe they don't have a positive household or they don't have parents that support them or they don't have the financial means. So I'm like constantly thinking, you know, how can I get this book to them? Like I want them to feel like included and they have a safe place. Um, You know, like I just want to make it accessible for everyone. How long did it take you to write and publish and get it all out after working with Betsy and all of that? Yes. So it took, honestly, I would say we started... Um, let me think. We started, we started in November of last year. Wow. It took a good, um, I would say seven months to write and create because it was just the two of us just like, and that's something else is I like to keep it real. You know, I think a lot of people assume on social media, like, you know, your favorite select, like all these people, like it's so glamorous. They have a team of like 500 people. And it's like, sometimes, you know, I just like to keep it real. Like that's my motto. It was just Betsy and I doing zoom calls twice a week for seven months. And we, you know, would go back and forth. I would write up a whole new manuscript. She would edit it, go through, do grammatical things, um, create all the graphic designs. And then we would, you know, like do a review and then boom, 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 seven months. And then, it was finally like here and it was done and then we just printed it. And so it's now like available for, you know, hardcover paperback. And I'm currently doing the audio book in my closet right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm really excited, but it was a long process, but I think writing a book genuinely, it's one of those really cool things where you do it, you held yourself accountable and it's like, just to be proud. Like I, we're already working on my next book together because Betsy, like, I loved her design so much, so her and I are already, like, working on my next one. I mean, it's a lot of work to put that together. Like you said, two Zoom calls a week for seven months to put that together. And that's a cool yes. turnaround for anybody who knows what it's like to be an author and to put together a book and publish it and get all those copies out there and duplicate it as many times as you do. Like, that's a ton of stuff 
that you probably had yeah. to do. What's been the overall feedback so far? Um, the overall feedback has been really positive. Like I sent out, um, so you know those subscription boxes, Jack? Like when you oh, get, yeah. you know, yeah, like the weekly, subs- whatever. It's like those boxes, I made my own version. So it was this really cool, you know, blue color. And then I sent out really cool boxes all about mental health. And they had like goodies and stickers and fun, positive affirmations um, in them. And so I sent it out to all of my, you know, celebrity, well-connected people that I know. So I sent out about 70 boxes, just boom, boom, boom. And then they all posted on their social media. So whether it's a celebrity, a singer, songwriter, actor, you know, dancer, influencer. Um, so I did that. And then after I launched it available on Amazon for pre-order, but um, it was really cool making those boxes. I thought it would be a smart idea. You know, those are so in style and to kind of make it all about, you know, your mental health matters, take care of yourself. Um, and to have, you know, really cool, like a goodie bag where you can take away things. Um, yeah. So that was really fun to make. And then, yeah, I just, you know, the feedback has been really, really good. I've given some to family, to friends, the sales have been really good so far for pre-order and it's just honestly, you know, it's like, I've had, it's really cool because I've had guys and girls tell me this book is awesome, which is what I wanted. I wanted young men to feel like, oh, I can relate to this book. You know, it's not just girly or it's not just this. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted it to feel super neutral. Um, And I also have been doing a Zoom series with a group of four teenage girls from a high school on the East Coast. Um, I'm about to post episode four, I believe, actually, probably tomorrow. Um, And then it's just cool because you know, these girls have actually all received a copy and they've been sharing with me, you know, the realities of being in the virtual classroom and what the transition has felt like going back to normal school. So it's just really inspiring to me um, that, you know, it's like, I'm really, you know, making a difference and to talk with these girls in real time and, you know, they're sharing it with their school. Um, it's just really special. All I ever want to do is like help people. And like, of course I have dreams and goals, but right. the real, like, yeah, the root is just to help other people. And so for me, it's like, it never gets old. Like I'm such a softy on the inside. Like I'll have moments where I stare out my window and I'm like, <laughs> like I start crying. <laughs> oh my God. I, I must've been insanely difficult trying to make it. Like you talk about it being a neutral book for everybody. Like we talked about earlier, yes. like whether you're middle school, high school, like the difference between eighth grade students and ninth grade students, it's like a completely different world. So how did you kind yeah. of navigate, um, to the best of your ability, trying to make it a good read for anybody that's actually reading it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, you know, what I did is I have a Facebook group. It's private. It's with 200 teenagers, all guys and girls. Um, I've been running that for about five years and it's like a, you know, a weekly group, you know, we talk about our feelings and once a month I have a zoom with, you know, just like little groups at a time. I can't do 200, but it's basically like a support group for teenagers and I, um, and they get to talk about how they're feeling, what they're worried about in their life and not be judged or ridiculed in any way. And so for me, you know, I literally use that Facebook group kind of as like you know, a guinea pig, like the experiment, I would send them pictures of all of the drafts. I would say, Hey, you guys, 
colors. Do you like this blue or this dark green? And they were like, oh, blue. So I used them to really test what actual teenagers, what they were really looking for, like what they needed and wanted in a book. And so it was really ideal and perfect because, I mean, some of my, you know, business idols like Kim Kardashian West and um, Olivia Colpo and so many female entrepreneurs, they use that, you know, they will go to their fans directly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. They will ask their fans straight up, you know, for a perfume bottle. Do you like this size or this size? And I think that's a really powerful tactic is when you go directly to the consumers and you ask them, um, cause at the end of the day, you know, your fans are going to be the ones buying the product. So that's what I did. I went to this Facebook group and I asked the teenagers, do you guys like this color or that color? Uh, do you like these doodles or those doodles? Do you like this font or that font? With every single thing, I asked all those teenagers. Well, did you get an overwhelming response for one or the other, or was it kind of mixed? Because like that is a def- definitely an awesome tactic. Like Listen to your fans, and like they'll give you everything that yeah. they want to hear. Like It'll thrive. But at the same time, if you're talking to all these different people, there's probably a vast majority that's going in every way, which direction, you know, like everybody wants something different. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I never really got overwhelmed and I think it was a good response. I made sure um, to really like see that it wasn't just, you know, like one gender replying more than the other. I really pushed for an equal amount of both guys and girls giving a good response Um, but I, yeah, I, you know, I also wanted to make it like very, um, you know, not triggering. And I think in today's day and age, you have to be really sensitive, just like in stand-up comedy, you have to be so careful as to what terminology you use, you know, regarding gender, sexual orientation. Um, like you obviously know, like being in our age group, it's super, you know, something to be aware of. And so that's something, that's something else is like in this book. I made sure to be very hyper aware of the terminology and what I'm saying for, yeah, gender uh, and just being very, you know, aware and keeping everyone in mind. Mm, that that's I didn't even think about that. Like we were talking about before it's, with the whole cancel culture stuff, being a comedian, you know, like having yeah. to say the right stuff and just like a five minute thing. I, I can only imagine like just one word setting off uh, like a thousand people in a book reading it like what did you mean by that yeah. like, huh like you know like they interpreted completely different than what you actually were trying to you know the point you were trying to get across yeah you just you have to be careful and keep it in mind and like for me you know 90% of my followers um you know 90% of my followers and i would say you know like more than, yeah, so many of my followers and fans online are teenagers, are guys and girls. And so everything that I post already, all the captions and hashtags, I have to be so mindful and aware. Um, But, you know, every single day I get young adults and teenagers that are DMing me up the wazoo saying like, you know, I'm going through this today. What do I do? Or like, I'm feeling depressed or like, i Sometimes, you know, kids will straight up message me and say, I want to end my life today. What should I do? Like, it's really, it can be a lot at times. So I have to, you know, be really aware of like, what's appropriate, what's triggering, what's too much, you know, wording myself. It's like, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm not an expert. And as an advocate, you know, it's like, I can do these things, but 
I'm not, you know, like licensed. I don't have a degree in anything. Um, and it's like, you know, if a kid, which has happened, messages me saying, I want to end my life. It's like, I just have to go about it in such a like specific way um, where I give them resources and say like, you're not alone. I am here for you. So I'm definitely kind of like conditioned and used to like being very neutral, not triggering with what I post in general. Um, Cause my Instagram, it's like, you know, it's my brand, it's my image. Um, so I'm very aware of that. And like, I, you know, I've thought about it sometimes getting like a personal Instagram or a personal Snapchat where I can like, you know, be a normal 25 year old. But um, yeah, I kind of like having both. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I just, I literally have one Instagram handle. Like I couldn't navigate three or four different accounts. Like if I tried, like I have a podcast page, a business page, a personal page. I'm like, I'm just going to see what people think, you know? It's a lot. You're smart. I mean, I, I'm actually starting a new podcast too with my friend Miami. And so we are actually making a whole separate YouTube and Instagram um, and Snapchat for that, for all the behind the oh, scenes wow. content. So I'm excited to take that on, but it's going to be like a whole, a whole new ballpark. No, I mean, it's going to be fun, especially in the new age where social media is basically taken over everything. Uh, yeah. Have you ever even uh, considered doing like, because you talk about like the virtual classroom and writing a book about it, having, because yeah. you said you're doing the audio book right now as well. Like that, mm-hmm. that could even get as much of a bigger turnout as the actual hard copy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's been really, really fun. Like, like I said, this is my fourth book and I've never done an audio book before. So it's been fun researching how to record it, you know, using yeah. the proper equipment. Um, and, you know, kind of, I don't know, like, I'm excited to see how that does, like how that does in sales. Um, but I think it's really popular. I think podcasts and audiobooks are like the way of the future. And obviously I still love paperback. I still love reading a good old fashioned, you know, normal book. But um, I definitely, once again, I think it's important as a brand or a company to like, you know, kind of go with the current times rather than, you know, being like, no, this is what worked 10 years ago. It's like, I love to stay up to date with what's trending, what like I said, my role models and idols are doing and kind of, you know, not piggybacking off of them, but like kind of, you know, in a sense, I think it's smart to see what they're doing, what makes them successful and then making it happen in your own brand. So with that being said, you were talking about before that you guys are already working on another book. What is that book? Um, So that book, I can't disclose too much, but what I will say is it's going to be a three part series. That's exciting. Yeah. Yes. I'm very excited. It's going to be, um, all I can kind of give away is it's going to be all about girl power and girls. Um, and it's going to be like a fun comic book. I think Marvel, like action superhero, like wonder woman, you know, all of like your favorite female heroes. Um, and it's going to be loosely based off of my personal experience in high school, but it's going to be like a comic book style. That's really interesting. And that's gotta be so exciting too, because it's a three part series. You're not thinking like one dimensional. It's like, all right, the next seven, eight months or so, I'm going to be writing this one book. Like you actually have stuff you're excited about, you know, two years on end. Yes. I'm really excited. And like, we've already started, you know, mapping out, um, you know, like, what's chapter one and what's book one about. And it's cool because I think people, you know, they get attached to a character and they want to see, you know, her succeed and, you know, see her like 
her first date and all these cool things and yeah. like see where see where her life goes so basically yeah it's loosely based off of my life but it's like i'm gonna use a different name but it's all gonna be like you know hot pink and like total comic book but like for adults so i'm really excited i mean you got to find the inspiration from somewhere i mean that's i think what most people do they take certain aspects of their life and then they shape and mold it into something that you know their target audience would like to see yes i, I yeah, mean that's, so that's gonna really be very excited. cool that's gonna be very cool well i won't take too much of your time i know you probably got a busy day i know i do as well <laughs> uh but when i was on your show i do want to end with this uh just to end with a bang when i was on your show uh, you made me describe a certain things, whether it was like my favorite snack. Uh, the oh. one that stood out, though, was my most embarrassing moment. And I think I probably mm. needed you on the show to where my yeah. dad was listening to the episodes. He's just like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not even funny. Like, oh, my God. I'm like, OK, whatever, Dad. Uh, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to get your most embarrassing moment before we uh, ended the oh. show just to get you back uh, since I got that feedback from, from some people. Oh my gosh, the tables have turned. Totally to put you on the spot. Like, I'm not even going to be gent. like, oh, not to put you on the spot. Like, I'm totally putting you on the spot here. What is I your most it. embarrassing moment before we leave? Um, okay, my most embarrassing moment. Do you want to know, like, career or something that happened in my personal life or just in general? Like, the, the epicenter of embarrassing things that have happened in your life. It doesn't have to be either or. Oh, this happened only two weeks ago. Oh, my God. Oh, that's okay. so bad. Really? Yeah, very cringy. Was, was, was it that to... date that you were talking about before? No, that was <laughs> that that date. That wasn't embarrassing. That was, like, horrible. That was a horror movie date. I've never been on a date like that. Like, the guy started yelling at me in public at a restaurant, and it was so embarrassing. Um, but, okay, <laughs> this other story I'm going to tell. So, okay, I will say... Um, Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. So two weeks ago, I had just gotten out of a blood test. I was, you know, checking like normal blood test routine. And I obviously live a very busy life. So sometimes I'm texting and I um, meant to send a text to my mom <laughs> saying, you know, like, uh, just as a joke, you know, my mom and I are really close and I'm just like, oh, you know, like, everything's looking fine. Like, you know, I went into detail about specific, like, hormones and certain things that, what the test results. Um, and I, I accidentally texted it to a guy. Important guy or just someone in your contact list? Um, a guy that I was, like, talking to and, like, kind of dating, which was so embarrassing. Mm. Like, so embarrassing. Like, so important. I, important yeah, i was Yikes. talking about you know like oh mom like i tested negative for all this <laughs> the moment i realized because he texted me back a question mark and i'm like what and then i saw it and i'm like huh? and he's like I, he's like i hope you're okay and i'm like oh my god no i meant to send this to my mom <laughs> mm, that's not fun at all i don't no, think i've ever so done anything like that it's so, be careful about when you're texting. Like seriously, <laughs> some of like those horror stories where you just text like a girl you're dating or like a work person or like your boss, and it's supposed to go to like your parent. Or oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing. I mean, you could get overwhelmed easily with everything going on in your life. You're just sending a quick text of just you know be like, all right, mom, like this is what's going on, and you don't realize that yes. you know, the top of your your dashboard, your feed is uh, your boyfriend. So 
That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's really unfortunate. I think the for only time that's ever happened to me, and it wasn't me, it was another person that sent a text to me, was my mother. So just just to kind of continue on to that trend. I don't know what I was texting her about. This was a few years ago. I, I remember it distinctively in my head because of what the response was. Yeah. I, she, she must have just been like sitting on her phone or something. It must have been like a butt text or whatever. But like I was texting her about like maybe like talking about flights to come home for the holidays or something. And her mm-hmm. only response was, and I didn't hear for her for like 24 hours after this, was anal. Like just the word A-N-A-L. I'm like, that's not, what? my mom's just like, that's nothing. She would never say anything like that. And I showed my sister that. She's like, holy shit. Like, she, it was definitely just a typo. And she's going to feel so embarrassed by it. And she was, because I sent it in the family group. <laughs> that's really and, funny. I don't, I, I don't remember what we were talking about, but that was her response. And I'm like, that, that yeah. what? What are you talking about, Mom? We hold that against her from time really to time. Funny. It's all fun. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for being vulnerable right there and sharing Thank your you. most embarrassing story. Uh, we got the How to Thrive in a Virtual Classroom book. Uh, it's available for pre-order now. There it is right there. Uh, this was episode Yay! 442 of the podcast. Again, we're presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. They are open now, finally, after six months of promoting. I can finally say that they're open in downtown Scottsdale. Go check it out. Zach, hit the lights. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.